welcome to Digital Twinning, the first podcast ever to focus on digital twin technology and how they're being used in business and society uh, today and tomorrow. I'm John O'Leary, Corporate Communications Manager for North America at TCS, and I'm here with Andrew Corsione, Head of U.S. uh, Public Relations at TCS. Andrew, what are we here? Why are we doing a podcast around digital twins? Well, let me tell you, I've based my career uh, over the last 25 years focusing on cutting edge technology, everything from artificial intelligence to driverless cars. I even actually launched a uh, laundry folding robot mm. at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show I could use a few of years ago, right? <laughs> I know. So it just really love technology. I'm also kind of a gearhead. And anytime a really transformative technology that's on the horizon starts to uh, gain traction in the media, I really gravitate towards it. And that's that right now is absolutely digital twins. It's it's the number one technology that people are talking about, that should be talking about. Through research, we found out that there are four, uh, 55 different articles on digital twins every day uh, for the last mm-hmm. year. So I feel like that's going to absolutely increase in the future. And we just want to be able to give people the download on why it matters to them and where they might see it uh, in their daily lives. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy. My own career as well has been based around emerging technologies. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a sci-fi nerd. So any chance I get to start talking about something that lets me imagine what the future is going to be like is is great. And digital twin technology is, is, is timely to be talking about because of the transformations that are going to happen in the future, but also the reality that it is happening today. Real innovation is happening with digital twins. Businesses are seeing real outcomes. People's lives are being improved with digital twins today. So I think it's a great topic for us to be uh, nerding out on. I think we will probably nerd out a lot on these uh, conversations and we'll be bringing in uh, third-party experts to to nerd out with us. We're just going to say nerd as many times as we can yeah. so that people understand we are nerding out around technology here and um, with digital twins is the first one we're really going to be focusing in on. Well, why don't I, just to kind of give us nerd cred here, John, <laughs> why, why don't, what is your favorite technology, past, past or present, something that you're currently using that like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is yeah, we'll show your nerdhood. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my smartwatch, and it's funny because I've only recently gotten this in the past few months, uh, and I actually got it because of all these conversations we've been having around digital twins. Because our our principal futurist Frank Diana convinced me that all of the data that our bodies are generating are is going to be used to create digital twins, and I said, "Why? Well, I, I better start generating some data." And so as I've started getting this, this biometric data and, and exercising more, it's motivated me to exercise more. It gives me a record of sort of, you know, my own health. And as I'm getting older, uh, that's important to me to kind of have a window of that. So it's, it's pretty funny because smartwatches are, are nothing new, but my belief in them as a interesting and impactful technology has definitely spiked as we start talking about, well, what's going to happen with this data? What's a natural conclusion? So uh, that's that'll be my, my nerd out uh, piece of technology for your question. What about yours? Well, I'm a runner and I've been experimenting with different types of shoes and uh, carbon plated mm. shoes have been like the newest. Sounds fancy. I know, right? <laughs> it sounds super fancy that it's highly durable, very lightweight, um, and now they're using them as part of a running shoe that's mm. supposed to help 
pretty much like give runners an extra, a, a bit of a bounce, right? Based on their durability and that it doesn't bend as much. Mm. So as you're running, it bends enough, but it'll actually propel you forward. Interesting. Right. And you could see like Elliot Kipchoge has worn them virtually every pro marathon runner is wearing some version of a carbon plated shoe. Mm. So I've been kind of testing them out and uh, I have two pairs now and I could say that they do make you a few seconds per mile faster. It can make a big but, difference, right? Yeah, but I feel like it's, uh, well, for me, a few seconds is, <laughs> you know, isn't isn't all that much, but still, it's, I, I think it's also the connection between like what you were talking about is the technology to the humanity element, mm, right? Mm -hmm. It's how does it make you feel? And if it's going to allow me to go out for runs and enjoy that experience, then uh, I'm I'm definitely all for it. So- that's a yeah. great way to look at it. How does it how does it make you feel, right? Because it's not just about what can it help you do. It's also about as a human, what do you feel about what you're able to do for the first time? Yeah. Spark spark the emotions. Yeah. So I hear that the future of running shoes, this is coming again from our futurists, is uh that uh everyone will be three D printed to your unique foot design. So you'll have that carbon right. plating on top of, you know, ergonomically, I guess is ergonomically, is that yeah. just for the back or is that for the foot yeah. too? <laughs> I think it could be, it could be applied to the foot as okay. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, I, they have insoles right now that are 3D printed. So it's mm. not the entire shoe, but I can't wait because I have a very odd size no. foot. So it's sort of like wide we won't ask in you to certain areas on on the call no. here or the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's so that's why I say I'm experimenting with carbon plated shoes. That most of them are on the narrow side, hmm. and usually, um, you know, my foot it tends to need a wider shoe. So it's uh, experimenting, and I can't wait for if 3D printed shoes were an option right now, mm -hmm. I would definitely, I would definitely do that. I actually worked on years ago. I worked with 3D systems. Mm -hmm. And they were printing, like 3D printing full sneakers. Wow. So almost like something similar to what you could see on the shelf yeah. in a store today. Which, so. I, yeah, I don't think that that's become mass adopted just yet. Feels like it should be right around the corner, right? And with what we're talking about for digital twins, I guess the idea is we'll have a digital twin of your unique foot size uh, <laughs> out there on the web. And uh, you could probably... Just go onto a computer and plug in a few different ideas, you know, for what type of shoe you'd want and probably spit out some options. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I could I could definitely see that happening. I, I would love to see, right, that technology maybe go into people's homes, mm. right, mm -hmm. where it's almost like, you know, you would get people to give you electricity, to give you gas, that mm -hmm. there would almost be different materials yeah. that would feed into your mm -hmm. 3D printer so that you could make like little widgets around the house or you could yeah. make shoes that you need or things that you could purchase on Amazon, mm -hmm. right? That uh, that could actually just, just uh, yeah. get there. Really interesting sustainability aspect to that, right? Because think about you save all the money and, and emissions of shipping from container to container. You know, if you actually have this pipe of, I guess, raw uh, resources coming right to your house, um, you could probably save some carbon uh, out of the atmosphere there. Yeah. And that's a good, yeah. I think, way to come back to digital twins. Digital twins. Digital yeah, twins. No, absolutely. So, so, 
So I think that what we could do right now is go over the format, right? Mm -hmm. John had mentioned that we're going to have a lot of uh, prolific guests. Some might even be uh, President Barack Obama. (laughs) 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 We're just saying we're throwing it out there. So, you know, putting putting things out into the universe in the hope that uh, hope that they manifest themselves. (laughs) Uh, but we have a, a pretty unique format that we're going to use that we're going to ask each of our uh, guests a list of five questions. And just to give you guys the insight on that, John and I are going to answer them ourselves just so that way you can use this as a learning experience uh, about digital twins. And then once our experts come on, right, you'll have that you'll have that baseline knowledge about digital twins and, and you could very easily understand uh, the conversations that we're having. Yeah. Now, I mean, to be clear, we're not the experts on digital twins. We have been very immersed in them for about a year and I've talked to with people much smarter than us. So we have yes. an ability to translate some of this. But, uh, you know, we will be bringing in, as Andrew said, some interesting experts down the line uh, who each will have an opportunity to uh, share their experience with digital twins, predictions about uh, uh, the future for the, the technology and then react to these, what we're calling fast five questions, which will be a bit customized for the topic for each podcast. Um, you know, each podcast, we're going to hone in on a specific facet. So the ethics of digital twins, uh, maybe privacy uh, concerns around date, uh, digital twins, biological applications and so on. So, uh, but to, to start us off, we're going to just go ahead with these fast five uh, for sure, Andrew and myself to answer. Let's do it. Let's nerd let's out. All right. Let's Yeah, there we go. We got to work that nerd out in. Um, so, Andrew, I'll start off. Why should we be talking about digital twins right now in mid-2023? Well, if it isn't obvious already, right, we've talked about the promise of digital twins, but we should be talking about it because a lot of the complementary technologies that are used in digital twins, such as artificial intelligence, IoT, edge computing, all of these technologies have advanced to the point where now digital twins can be used for broader applications Mm -hmm. where previously digital twins were really used for industrial applications of like turbines, let's say, that were highly mechanical. Mm -hmm. But now digital twins could be created of things as complex as the human heart or a nasal passage. And with this type of promise as an emerging technology, people should know like what's coming down the the pipeline. Mm So, John, what, did, what are yeah. your thoughts about why, why should we be here on the podcast? Well, it's it's interesting, right? Because you raise a good point that digital twins are not net new. They've been around. I think it's actually 2022 was the 20th anniversary of the uh, conceptualization of what a digital twin is. And as you said, they really saw their birth within manufacturing and have been highly successful there. Um, but so what's, what's new about it to me is that uh, – we have these really interesting technology trends. Last year it was metaverse and web three. This year it seems to be generative AI, but we've sort of skipped over digital twins and acknowledging the influential role that they are already playing and will play in the future of technology. So for me, you know, that's the big reason to talk about them now. It's they're kind of a hidden gem of emerging technologies where I, I feel like if you say AI to someone or metaverse to your everyday person, they have a basic understanding of what you mean. If I say digital twin, then we're off in sci-fi world, but we don't have to be, right? Because we are living that sci-fi reality uh, today in certain industries and we're getting closer to it, you know, every year that we go.
Um, so Andrew, how will digital twins improve what it is to live as a human in the world? Well, you know, I mentioned when we were talking about the carbon plated shoes that I'm a runner, right? And I have been a runner for 15 years. So really, I, I would love to have access to a digital twin so that I can learn how to run the most efficient way for my body mm -hmm. so that I'm not one of these people in 10, 15 years that say I can't run anymore because my knees are shot or my ankles are shot. So really being able to use the insights from a digital twin that would enal uh, enable me to live a healthier, longer life mm -hmm. and really have that level of mobility that is kind of exclusive to, to younger people. Right. So yeah. I think that that's that for me is what makes it super exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I think the health applications are super interesting. And I mean, you've kind of covered off on the athletic and, and sort of fitness side of it. But I think for me, it's also just, you know, what if you're a person who has an un undiagnosed condition, you know, and, and it's sort of looming out there to come and get you one day? What if there was a way that your doctor could say, hey, we need to test for this because I created a digital twin of your heart and I was looking at it and I said, what will happen to your heart in 10 years if you stop running? Uh, and it could tell me that you, know, you could have a major heart uh, condition or heart uh, uh, failure. Um, so I think, you know, for me, seeing is believing. And if someone were to tell me that, I would change, I would transform my whole life, you know, overnight uh, because then I have the real data to do it. Um, but I think it's fascinating. I think it's going to improve life in so many ways for us from sustainability yeah, to running. Yeah, no, I love that. I love thinking of the angle that there, you know, we could do away with some very debilitating conditions, mm -hmm. whether it be cancer or ALS, you know, all of those could potentially, yeah. right, be uh, prevented, mm -hmm. if not completely, uh, completely ended. Yeah. And talking about doing away with things, you know, it's not just human lives, right? It, I think digital twins have the potential to, uh, as we may discuss on future episodes, but the ability to save animal lives too and end animal testing and, and pharmaceuticals and um, sort of surgical uh, research. But as we started talking about what we're excited to uh, see happen next and what's going to improve life in the future, uh, let's move on to our third question. And uh, actually ask you to predict what will happen next with digital twins. Wow. Well, I don't have a crystal ball, <laughs> right? Um, but I think that my prediction is that we're going to start seeing digital twins be created um, both at the start of someone's life and then at the end of mm. someone's life. So as soon as you're born, sort of like, you know, they cut the umbilical cord, they put you through the rigors of, um, you know, all the tests. Mm -hmm. Part of that will be to get enough information about you to create a digital twin of yourself that will be your companion throughout your entire life. Wow. But then on the same spectrum, right, that we could be doing this for people who are passing. So very similar to like being an organ donor, right? You can say that you can test my organs. You could use all of the data, the information from my body to create a digital twin that could either be used as a way of extending your life with your loved ones, mm -hmm. your friends, your family, or even for science slash technology research. Mm -hmm. So I think that really seeing it both at the beginning and the end of life is is one area that we're going to start to see so it's yeah very interesting 
Definitely, definitely gets us down the road to sci-fi pretty quickly with that idea. Um, I think, well, if we talk about sci-fi, I can... No, how about you, John? Yeah. Like, what, what do you think is what do you think is next with your sci-fi well, mind? So, so if we're gonna go right to sci-fi, I, I you know I, one of my favorite movies is uh, Minority Report, uh, which I think also was about twenty years ago. Which is, I guess, the the twenty-year mark is a pretty impactful one. Uh, but if you remember um, Minority Report, right? It's the idea that the government will create a an organization that can see into the future and stop crime before it happens. You know, I was thinking the other day, what if what if we could do that using digital twins? Because, you know, as you said, we don't have a crystal ball. Uh, digital twins shouldn't be used to try to predict something. What they should be used for is to rehearse a likely scenario. What if you, as a, as a government, as a federal government, say, what if you created a digital twin division to rehearse what happens in the next pandemic? What if we had had something like that when COVID hit and we would have known right away, oh, we need only 30% of people, uh, you know, in this, uh, this part of the city. We need to uh, reduce capacity of trains by 20%. And what if you just knew all that right away? Or what if you knew what you needed to do as soon as an, as an earthquake happened? Um, or a food shortage or anything like that. So I think there's enormous potential for governments to invest in digital twins and to kind of standardize a, a department around it to really look to the future and help us mitigate and prepare for disasters and disruptions because we know from a world 2020 on that that's going to come. Yeah, that's super interesting. And especially now with global warming and extreme mm -hmm. weather patterns and things like that. Imagine how we could be just more informed, more prepared mm -hmm. for all of those, all of those potential tragedy, tragedies, yeah. right? That, you know, hurricanes and mm -hmm. floods and all of those things. It's, yeah, yeah, it's mind boggling how data is, is really a key to health. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, these types of things are a little scary to talk about, right? Because no one wants to think about the future and think about bad things happening. But uh, if we have the technology to enable us to do that and actually prepare for it, then maybe that's a reason mm -hmm. to be optimistic, which oh, I don't think I was supposed to drum on the uh, – <laughs> brings us into uh, – Yeah, I was going to say that's a good segue into, <laughs> into the next question, right? right related to – kind of the what are the potential negative mm -hmm. uh, implications of digital twins so right with everything that every kind of technology where there's so much promise there's also the flip side where there could be potential negative negativity mm -hmm. right and we've seen this a little bit with ai and how you know it could be used in in terms of warfare and things like that with digital twins i think that the areas of concern for me would be when people are using data to create twins of things that are not their own, mm. right? And to control or manipulate things that are not their own, whether it's a building or a municipality or uh, a grid, a power grid or power source of some sort, but essentially using using data to create that twin of something that they don't own for mm -hmm. either uh, you know monetary gain, whether it's you know, uh, some kind of ransom, yeah. but I, I, yeah, it's really using data to create twins of things that, that aren't your own. Yeah. And then it gets into data, right? Like data privacy, data mm -hmm. ownership, which we still haven't I, I know, solved for. Yes. Which we still <laughs> haven't solved for. So I, we could be potentially compounding that issue mm -hmm. right by doing that. So I think that that's, that's the scariest 
that's the scariest thing. And if you even mm. put it into the context of health, imagine if someone had a digital twin of you that they could potentially control. Mm -hmm. Almost like, uh, what are they, the um, voodoo doll, right, <laughs> so right. to speak, right? Like imagine putting a digital pin right. in somebody's side. Well, that's, hey, that's not that's not too out there with the type of technology we're talking about, right? Because if you start thinking about cybernetic interfaces and, and implants, you know, like even today, right? Say you had a digital twin of someone with a pacemaker, which was connected. Yeah. Could a hacker go in and stop the pacemaker? Stop the pacemaker from working remotely? It it gets very scary there, and it brings the question up of who should own your digital twin, right? Because we know today, when it comes to data, and the, one of the problems we still need to solve for data is who owns your data. And you know, at least in the U.S. and, and in many countries. Uh, you don't really own your own data, or you definitely don't earn, own all of it, and you don't know who's using it and how they're using it. Just how much creepier does that become if I'm thinking of someone looking on a computer screen or with a VR headset, and they're actually seeing me, and they're doing something to me? Um, it gets it gets a little dystopian there, so yeah. I think that's definitely a risk we need to figure well, out. That's a sci-fi film I wouldn't want to watch. No, that's a <laughs> yeah, that, that might be... Uh, uh, NC-17 sci-fi film right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that brought us to the end of our first Fast Five uh, questions here uh, with our introduction to Digital Twins, Podcast One, Digital Twinning. Uh, Andrew, any sort of closing thoughts on uh, the direction that we're taking with the podcast here? No, I mean, I feel like there's so many opportunities that we've just scratched the surface, right? Like we've talked about interesting applications right now in terms of health in terms of municipalities the mm -hmm. opportunities the risks i think that we're going to dive a lot deeper into these topics uh with all of our guests and if you listeners have any questions topics that you want us to to focus on feel free to to write those in but i i think that it's i'm just already getting excited about yeah. all the different conversations we're going to have everything that we're going to learn about this this technology that i think very soon will become very widely adopted it's exciting yeah. so look out for more episodes where we speak to people smarter than us uh, and we'll continue to help uh, everyone learn how we're going to twin for the win.